Hello everybody and welcome to Don't Burst My Bubble. Today, we will be breaking down all of the games from August 4th. So that includes Brooklyn Nets at the Milwaukee Bucks, the Mavs at Kings, Suns at Clippers, Celtics at Heat, and of course, Rockets at Trailblazers, that fantastic game that ended the night. Also giving you your daily injury report for all of today's games, that's August 5th as well as your preview of storylines and matchups that you need to be looking out for in today's games. But before we jump into things, I just wanted to thank everyone who has been listening to the podcast so far. It's been absolutely huge to uh, have this initial support. We're getting really nice, consistent downloads every day. I wanted to shout out everyone in the U.S. We've had so many downloads from all over the U.S., people in Uh, California, Colorado, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, Michigan, Ohio. I wanted to shout out the international listeners in the UK, uh, New Zealand, Spain, um, and and across the the globe, whoever happens to be listening. I just wanted to say thank you so much. The show is only possible because of you. Um, If you've been enjoying the show, it would mean the world to me if you would share it with the people that you know in your life who enjoy basketball and who want to be kept up to date on everything that's going on in the NBA bubble in Orlando. So without further ado, let's kick things off. This is Don't Burst My Bubble. So let's start the show today by talking a little bit about the injury report for all of today's games. That's that's what you need to know. So let's, you know, jump right into it. So August 5th, our first game of the day is Memphis at Utah. So of course, I have to report the news that the Grizzlies released yesterday that Jaron Jackson Jr. in the Grizzlies' last game uh, tore his meniscus and will be out for the rest of the season, which is obviously a devastating blow for the Grizzlies who uh, started their time in the bubble uh, 0-3. They're yet to win a game. Uh, This would have been a huge game for them, looking to try and hold on to that 8 seed. Um, Really, really huge blow for a team that's been losing, trying to get that win under their belt to establish a little more confidence. This certainly won't have helped with that, and I can only see things going from bad to worse for the Grizzlies now without that presence, uh, that big man presence that Jaron Jackson Jr. offers. Um, Ja will be left with a lot more pressure on his shoulders, more minutes going to Jonas Valanciunas. Uh, It's a gap that I think they're really going to struggle to fill here, and I, I don't see it as being good news for the Grizzlies. I think that as we see more and more teams in these these nine seed spots, the Suns, uh, the Trailblazers, the Spurs, even uh, getting closer and closer, I think that we we might not even see the Grizzlies hold on to the eight seed, which would be really sad for them. So, wishing a speedy recovery to uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. But really bad news for Grizzlies fans. Uh, other than that, no one particularly of note are uh, going to be missing from that game. Uh, Denver Nuggets, uh, most notably Gary Harris is still out with a right hip muscle strain. And uh, Jamal Murray is still listed as questionable with that tightness in that left hamstring that he's been dealing with since we've entered the bubble. Uh, for That's for Nuggets at uh, San Antonio. San Antonio, um, Marco Bellinelli is probable to play now. Uh, other than that, 
uh, Trey Lyles and Bryn Forbes are listed as out. For the 76ers, uh, Glenn Robinson III has moved from out to doubtful, uh, which so maybe we'll see him in a couple games' time. The Wizards, um, Garrison Matthews is out, but he is not with the team. That's all you need to know. Uh, as far as Lakers OKC goes, um, Dennis Schroeder is still not in the bubble due to um, his uh, wife or girlfriend. I can't remember um, their child being born, so he's not with the team right now. So he will be out for Magic at uh, for the Magic Raptors game. Uh, no one particularly of note there. And then for the Celtics Nets, uh, those injury reports have not been listed yet. Um, but I would expect that maybe Jamal Crawford may not play because we saw him have a little bit of uh, tightness in that uh, left hamstring yesterday. Uh, other than that, limited minutes from Kemba Walker, I would imagine. Um, and that that's about all. So a decent amount of uh, players available, not too many sitting out. Uh, most notable of which Jaron Jackson Jr., as I mentioned before. Okay, so let's move on to the games from yesterday. Uh, let's start things off with the very surprising Brooklyn Nets at Milwaukee Bucks, with the Nets walking away with the win, 119-116. to But I have to uh, quickly say, before we go into this conversation, that both Giannis and Chris Middleton only played 16 minutes. In fact, the Bucks starters um, only played... Um, a the highest amount that was played by any of them was 20 minutes. So not exactly like this was uh, the regular Bucks team. I think the Bucks sort of saw this as an opportunity to rest up, let the guys uh, lower down the rotation, get some good minutes in before going into the playoffs, um, and just a learning experience for everyone, which was nice for the Nets to get a win under their belt with uh, Luau Cabarro going absolutely crazy, dropping 26 points on 8 of 12 from the field. Uh, We also, you know, didn't get to see Karis LeVert play. Joe Harris didn't play. Um, On the Bucks side of things, Brooke Lopez didn't play. So, uh, ultimately, nothing too crazy to report in this game. Uh, Giannis had 16 points in 16 minutes, going 7 of 8 from the field and 2 of 3 from the 3-point line, also grabbing 6 rebounds and 4 assists in that time. Other than that, nothing particularly of note to mention. Um, Congrats to the Bubble Nets on getting a win under their belt. Moving on, let's talk about a really fun game, which was the Mavericks at Kings, where the Mavericks were successful walking away with their first win in the bubble uh, 114 to 110 with an outrageously good performance from Luka Doncic. Let's break down the box score and then we'll talk about it a little bit. So on the map side of the ball, Luka, as I mentioned, great performance. He had a 34.20 rebound triple-double, becoming the youngest player in NBA history to do so, doing it two years before Oscar Robertson did it at age 23. He's also the only player since Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in 1976 to put up a uh, triple-double of uh, 34 points, 20 rebounds, and 12 assists. So he went 12 of 24 from the field, 2 of 6 from 3, 8 of 11 from the free throw line, grabbing 12, uh, well, grabbing 20 rebounds and 12 assists, as I mentioned. He also had two blocks, so that's nice. 
additionally for the man, uh, Porzingis had 22 points. He shot just 33% from the field, going 6 of 18. Couldn't hit a 3 to save his life yesterday, went 0 for 7 on that front. 10 of 11 from the free throw line, grabbing 7 boards, dishing out 2 assists and 2 steals. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. also had a great game, 22 points. 6 of 14 from the field, 3 of 9 from 3. 7 of 8 from the free throw line, grabbing 5 boards on top of that. Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith also having a really productive game for the Mavs. Um, not so much on uh, the offensive side of the ball necessarily, um, in, the, in, in the sense of scoring. That is, he had 16 points of just 4 of 13 from the field, 1 of 7 from 3. However, he went 7 of 9 from the free throw line and grabbed 16 rebounds, including 6 offensive boards. So, a really nice game from Dorian Finney-Smith. Flipping things over to the king side of the uh, of the board, we have De'Aaron Fox, who had a great game, 28 points, 12 of 27 from the field. Uh, he also had nine assists and two steals. Uh, other than that, generally an all-round performance from the Kings. Buddy Heald had 21 on 8 of 20 from the field, 5 of 14 from 3. Um... Other than that, Kent Bazemore, 16.6 of 16 from the field, uh, and then an all-round performance from the Kings, who were shooting the absolute lights out uh, from the three-point line, in particular, to start the game. The Mavs had a really rough game um, in terms of the three-point line. Uh, they shot just 9 for 41 from three uh, from the top offense in the NBA, just 22% from that three-point three, uh, three point line, which is very disappointing, I'm sure. And just 36.7% from the field overall, uh, with the Kings having a 37% from three, 41% from the, uh, from the field goal. From the field generally, uh, the Mavs shooting significantly better from the free throw line and uh, shot many more free throws. That was one of the ways that the Mavs were able to win this game. Uh, Luca had a great time getting to uh, the rim and getting to that free throw line uh, yesterday. Uh, the Mavs shooting 50 free throws, making 39 of them. Uh, the Kings shooting just 12 in total and hitting just 8. Uh, the Mavs also massively out-rebounded the Kings 73-60, uh, 17-8 to 60, uh, 17 to 8 on the offensive boards, uh, so really dominating them there. Other than that, uh, it was a pretty close game. I, I really enjoyed watching this one. Um, it was a great opportunity for the Mavs to get out of this uh, close game funk that they've been in uh, throughout the season recently, get some confidence in them, uh, which is critical, I think, for, for these teams in the bubble. You don't want to be waiting too long without your first win, especially in a situation where a lot of guys, at this point, I would imagine, are starting to get a little tired of being in the bubble. The novelty is probably wearing off. And uh, continuing to lose will only further affect those players' mindsets. So really important that the Mavs got this win under their belt. I thought that Luka looked fantastic. He's uh, listening to what I've been saying, actually driving to the basket a lot more, uh, not shooting quite as many threes. He hit one really nice step-back three in the game, but then also put up a couple that I was sort of thinking, I don't know why you're doing that right now, but... You know, Luka's going to Luka. He's going to do his thing. He really likes to shoot the ball from three, so I imagine he'll continue to do that just until he actually gets better at it. 
Uh, but really just phenomenal performance from him. The, the main notes I had on the game, uh, specifically on the Mavs side of the ball, because I, th- I thought the Kings did a nice job, but they were also just ridiculously hot from three to start the game, which is what uh, really kept them in things. Uh, so Luka doesn't complete defensive rotations nearly enough, uh, which consistently leads to a lot of open looks from three. He kind of gets lost uh, when a player that he's guarding gets behind him. A lot of the time, he won't follow them through their rotation. He ends up sort of just getting clogged in the paint, and then they get a wide-open look, um, which isn't good, and it's one of the reasons why the Kings were able to establish such a big lead early on in the game. Uh, he's a pretty competent man defender when he wants to be. Yesterday, he was really using his size, and I thought that he had a couple of really nice defensive possessions, um, but he really needs to make sure that he's finishing rotations, otherwise it's going to just lead to wide open looks from three, uh, which is not what you want to be giving up in today's NBA. Um, once again, uh, the Mavs were chucking up threes at the end of the game rather than driving to the hoop, having to go into overtime for this game where I think really uh, they could have won it in the fourth. Uh, they were dominating in the fourth quarter. Sacramento only scored 13 points with the Mavs scoring 20 I think that they could have driven to the rim more, drawn uh, another foul, because the referees were certainly on their side yesterday, uh, and they could have ended the game a little earlier, but um, didn't have too many issues in overtime. The Kings kept coming back, though. They kept shooting some really uh, crazy threes that they were making, but uh, overall, good performance from the Mavs, good performance from the Kings. Mavs just uh, fortunate to walk away with this one due to an outstanding performance from Luka. Okay, let's break down the Suns and the Clippers. The Suns walking away with the surprise victory on this one, winning 117 to 115. The Suns looking more and more like an actual uh, contender, so to speak, for uh, the 8 or 9 seed, that is. This was a real game for the Clippers. Kawhi played 37 minutes. Marcus Morris played 36. Paul George played 36. Uh, so not not like the Clippers were resting people like in the Nets-Bucks game. This was just a really good game from the Suns. So let's break things down on the Suns side of the ball. Devin Booker, absolutely outrageous performance. 35 points going 13 of 25 from the field. 6 for 9 from 3. Uh, also dishing out 8 assists, grabbing 4 rebounds. And of course, the fadeaway double-teamed jump shot to beat the buzzer at the end. Uh, to avoid overtime and win the Suns the game, which was absolutely crazy to watch. The best shot I've seen in the bubble so far uh, by a mile. So uh, let, let's talk about someone other than Devin Booker for a second. I, I lost my train of thought there just uh, thinking about how great Devin Booker was. DeAndre Ayton had 19 points on 9 of 18 from the field, also grabbing 7 rebounds. Ricky Rubio had 18 points going 7 of 14 from the field. Uh, Campaign also had 12 points, uh, and Dario Saric had 13 points. Uh, so uh, good stuff from the Suns. Now break things down on the Clipper side of the ball. Kawhi had 27 points, going 10 of 21 from the field, including some really great clutch shots at the end of the game. I think the Clippers would have won had this gone into overtime. Devin Booker, however, just wasn't going to let that happen. Kawhi also grabbed seven rebounds and dished out three assists. Uh, Paul George had 23 points on six of 17 shooting. Uh, 10 of 10 from the free throw line, though, which was really great to see. Also grabbed six rebounds and dished out five assists. 
Uh, and additionally, uh, Zubac had 18 points and Marcus Morris Sr. had 16 points. So, to talk about this game, really, Devin Booker was just outstanding, downright unstoppable, uh, even. I don't think that the Clippers played this game badly by any means. I think that the Suns just kind of came out and had the game of a lifetime for themselves. Uh, they shot significantly better from three than the Clippers, which is obviously a huge deal uh, in today's NBA. The Clippers shooting just 27% from three, with the Suns shooting 53% from the free throw line, uh, from the three-point line, which is actually a higher field goal percentage uh, than their overall field goal percentage. So a really dominant performance from the three from them. Um, other than that, the Clippers out-rebounded them. Um, they had more turnovers, however. Clippers had more fast-break points. They had 24 more points in the paint, so Clippers absolutely dominated there. Uh, with the Suns, really big takeaway dominate the three-point line. Devin Booker was fantastic. Six of nine from three. That's a, an outstanding performance by him. Um, not to mention having the clutch gene to put the game away at the end. Um, it was an incredible play. If you if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend you check out the highlight. A uh, couple of seconds left in the game. Uh, the Clippers turn the ball over. Devin Booker knows he's going to get that last shot. Uh, takes it up the left-hand side, that left elbow. Uh, he's being guarded by Paul George. Kawhi comes in with the double team. Uh, Kawhi bites on the pump fake. Uh, then Devin spins. Paul George plays some incredible defense. You could even argue that he fouled Devin Booker because he did touch uh, his guiding hand. Devin Booker, however, not phased by this, able to hit the turnaround fadeaway as time runs out. Um, and if there had been a crowd there, they would have gone absolutely wild. However, uh, the Suns bench and team more than made up for that, surrounding Devin Booker and absolutely hyping him up. Uh, so a great performance. Devin Booker looks ready to be playing in the bubble. The Suns are 3-0 and and are actually just, I believe, one and a half games back at this point uh, from the uh, nine seed. So uh, a really great performance from the Suns. They've still got a couple of players injured too. Aaron Baines hasn't been playing. Shout out to the Baines uh, fan account and all the Baines stands out there. Uh, so a really, really impressive performance from the Suns in a must-win game for them if they have any hope of grabbing that nine seed. And who knows, crazier things have happened in the NBA. Uh, crazier things have happened this season. So I'm enjoying watching the Suns play. Who, who knew that we'd be saying that at some point uh, in the bubble? But great stuff from them. Really impressive win. Okay, Celtics Heat. What a game. The Heat walking away with the win here. 112-106, to despite the fact that Jimmy Butler did not play. So, let's break things down. On the Heat side of the ball, that next man up mentality for the Heat coming into play once again, with Duncan Robinson dropping 21 points, going 6 of 12 from the field, 5 of 11 from the free throw line. We'd love to see it from that good Michigan man, Duncan Robinson. Bam Adebayo had 21 points, going 5 of 12 from the field, uh, also grabbing 12 rebounds and made it to the free throw, free throw line 18 times, hitting just 11 of them, however, but uh, great for him to be drawing that many fouls. 
Kelly Olynyk had 15 points, uh, going 4 of 11 from the field. Goran Dragic had 20 points, going 6 of 12. Goran Dragic, also uh, worth noting, did injure his ankle right at the end of this game. Uh, the x-ray came back negative, so um, he does not have a broken ankle. He does have a sprain, however, and it's currently unclear how long he's going to be out for. However, this win currently puts Miami one and a half games back on the Celtics for that three seed in the East. So who knows, maybe Miami with Jimmy Butler back, they can continue this hot streak that they're on. Who knows, maybe they could end up grabbing that three seed and the Celtics could slip to four, which honestly for the Celtics, maybe that's better for you. Maybe you would rather face um, the Pacers than the Sixers in that first lineup, with the Sixers having the potential to be a real matchup nightmare for you. However, that does mean that you're going to end up facing the Bucks in the second round, which would be scary and not something that I'd want to be doing. But let's break down the box score and we'll get right into things uh, on the Celtic side of the ball before we dive too much into it. Uh, Jason Tatum, 23 points, 6 of, uh, 6 of 11 from the field, 9 of 9 from the charity stripe. Also had seven rebounds, a steal, and a block. Jalen Brown had 18 points, 9 of 23 from the field, and 0 of 5 from 3. So not a great offensive performance from Jalen Brown. Did grab 10 rebounds, though. Had two steals and a block. Campbell Walker had 15 points. Gordon Haywood had 15 points. Um, Daniel Tice had 11. And Enes Kanter had 10. So... A really gutsy performance uh, by the Heat, who obviously, you know, lacking Jimmy Butler, their, their star player. That's a huge win for them. Um, so let's break down some statistics a little bit and see what happened. So both teams actually shot incredibly similarly uh, from the field. 43.5% uh, from the Celtics, 442 for the Heat. Uh, the three-point line, 30% from the Celtics, 34.9%. Uh, from the Heat, so a little bit better on that side of the ball. They made um, five more threes. Uh, they shot significantly more free throws as well, made seven more than them. Uh, on the rebounding side of things, the Celtics actually able to out-rebound the Heat, which uh, surprised me, but the Heat had more assists. They had less turnovers, but they had significantly less points in the paint. Uh, so that three-point line really coming into play again. Uh, a big storyline for all of yesterday was three-point performances coming in clutch and helping these teams win. Uh, the Heat outscored the Celtics in the first quarter. In the second quarter, uh, they were slightly outscored in the third and the fourth, but the Heat never trailed at any point in the game. Uh, a really impressive performance. Bam Adebayo was a really great force for them. Uh, ultimately... I think the this game was more of what the Celtics didn't do as opposed to necessarily what the Heat did do. Jason Tatum didn't... Well, he had an okay game. He didn't have a fantastic game. Jalen Brown had a disappointing game for him. On top of the fact that Kemba Walker is still not playing the minutes that he needs to be playing. Um, that That's kind of the story of that game. Um, also, uh, Marcus Smart... Um, had a really bad performance on the offensive end too, which is becoming more and more frequent for him in the bubble, which is unfortunate. He had just three points, um, which were all from uh, free throws. He didn't make a field goal in the game. Uh, so they're going to need Marcus Smart to step up. They're going to need Kemba Walker to play some more minutes, but a great game for the Heat, no doubt. 
And finally, for our games from yesterday, let's talk quickly about the Trailblazers and the Rockets. The Trailblazers, an incredibly gutsy victory here, walking away with the win 110-102. to Let's break down that box score quickly. So, on the Blazers' side of the ball, Damian Lillard, 21.6 of 19 from the field. So, not his most efficient game by any means. Uh, he did have 9 rebounds, 8 assists, and 2 steals, though. CJ McCollum had 20 points, going 8 of 18 from the field, 2 of 6 from 3. Also had 7 rebounds and 5 assists. Gary Trent Jr. quickly becoming my favorite player, <laughs> well, one of my favorite players to watch in the entire bubble, came off the bench with 16 points, going 5 of 11 from the field, 4 of 9 from 3. We also had Yusuf Nurkic putting up 18 points. Carmelo Anthony with a really important 15 points. Um, with his three at the end of the game really being the dagger that iced it. Uh, that just about does it really for the Trailblazers side of the ball, everybody else putting up a couple of points apiece. On the Rocket side of the ball, James Harden got into real foul trouble very early. He had five fouls by uh, five minutes to go in the third quarter, which was very um, maddening for him by the looks of things. He, so he had 23 points to end the game, 7 of 17 from the field, 3 of 8 from the three-point line. He had 9 assists and 6 rebounds. Uh, Jeff Green, the next highest scorer on the Rockets, so you know something went wrong there. He had 22 points off the bench, 7 of 15 from the field, 5 of 9 from the three-point line. Uh, Russell Westbrook, 15 points. Daniel House Jr., 17 points. And then a couple of points here and there from everybody else. Uh, so let's talk about this game. The Trailblazers are here to win, ladies and gentlemen. They are coming for the eight seed, and they are currently just one and a half games back from the Grizzlies on it. And I, I, I think it's looking more and more likely that they're going to take it with the Grizzlies having a game against the Jazz today without Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, the Trailblazers have the Nuggets coming up next, which is happening tomorrow, which I think is a winnable game uh, for the Trailblazers with the way that they're currently playing. So who knows? I think the Trailblazers are absolutely dead set on taking that eight seed, which would result in us having uh, a Lakers-Trailblazers first-round matchup, which would probably be far more interesting to watch now than a, a Grizzlies uh, matchup without Jaron Jackson Jr., which I think would be a 4-0 sweep without a doubt at this point. Um, so the statistics for this game, the Blazers and the Rockets... Uh, the Blazers shot the ball a little bit better overall. They shot the three-point better, which is critical. You've got to remember that for this Rockets team, this small ball lineup, if they're going to beat you, the way that they're going to do that most likely is from just shooting the lights out from the three-point line and challenging you to do better than them. The Rockets did uh, make more threes. However, it was on such a low percentage that uh, it ultimately didn't end up uh, with them able to take the win. The Blazers out-rebounded them, which we often see with these Rockets teams. Doesn't end up being the biggest deal, uh, but the Blazers completely dominated in the paint, scoring 44 points there uh, in comparison to the Rockets' 28. So the uh, the Blazers able to exploit the Rockets a little bit more than other teams have been able to so far in the bubble, taking advantage of their lack of size in the paint. Uh, Lillard and McCollum continue to be aggressive, driving through the lane, looking really nice from there, even when their shots aren't necessarily falling from downtown. Uh, a huge factor in this game was the fact that James Harden got into foul trouble so early, and that Russell Westbrook was having a very frustrating game and couldn't really get himself going. 
So ultimately, I, I think this really came down to the Blazers playing really smart basketball, being uh, confident enough on the defensive end of the floor, uh, being lucky in a sense, but also skilled uh, to get James Harden in foul trouble, and then also just having great leadership from Damian Lillard. Uh, the confidence in this team, I think, is growing more and more every day, uh, the more wins they get under their belt. And I think that if they win that game against the Nuggets on Friday, then I think you can lock in the Blazers for the eight seed. I think I think they've got it. I think they've got it on lock. So a uh, really great performance. I love watching the Blazers play right now. They're so much fun. Highly recommend you check in every time the Blazers are playing because you're going to see some fun NBA action. That's for sure. So that does it for all of the games that uh, were on yesterday. Uh, other than the Magic Pacers, which I'm not going to break down, the Pacers won, but I do want you to know that TJ Warren had another 32-point performance, and he is absolutely balling out in the bubble, so hats off to TJ Warren. We will keep you updated on TJ Warren watch, of course, as the bubble continues. So, today's game's at 2.30. You've got Grizzlies Jazz. Watch out for a dominant performance from John Morant as he'll be looking to prove something, no doubt, with the Grizzlies starting 0-3 in the bubble. Uh, he's not going to want that to continue, but without Jaron Jackson Jr. there, he's going to have his work cut out for him. So you're going to need big games from John Morant and from Brandon Clark, uh, not to mention Jonas Valanciunas as well, uh, for them to have any chance of walking away with that victory. The Jazz still looking to really find themselves. I think you'll you'll want to be seeing uh, more fluency on the offensive end of the floor from the Jazz here. Uh, Donovan Mitchell will hopefully have a big game if they're going to be hoping to win that one. Uh, 76ers Wizards, you're going to want to see the 76ers continue to put something together. They obviously uh, they had that really close game against the Spurs on Monday, uh, where they only won because Shake Milton hit a game winner. Um, so hopefully the Wizards will present less of a challenge to them here. They'll be able to feel a little bit smoother in the offense, get things rolling there, uh, and just get a couple more minutes um, in the rotations of having Shake Milton at the point guard and Ben Simmons at the power forward. There's also Nuggets at Spurs uh, happening at the same time as that 76ers Wizards game, uh, where you, I mean, the the Spurs have actually really changed up the way that they've been playing. I'll probably talk about them more tomorrow. Uh, they're running DeMar DeRozan at the power forward, uh, which is opening things up for them more, um, and it's actually been pretty effective so far in the bubble. Uh, the Nuggets having a couple of issues, especially on the injury side of things, uh, so who knows, could be in for a close one there. Uh, then we also have Thunder at Lakers happening at 6.30 tonight, uh, where I think that uh, the Lakers should win. I think now that they've clinched the one seed, you're going to see less minutes from Anthony Davis and LeBron. However, the Thunder don't have the three-headed monster that is that three-point uh, guard lineup of Chris Paul, Dennis Schroeder, and Shea Gilgis-Alexander, with Schroeder being away. So I think the Thunder are really going to struggle there. Um, probably not an ideal game for them right now. Uh, I would be impressed, certainly, if they won. Raptors at Magic happening at 8. I love to watch the Raptors. I feel less than that way about watching the Magic play, however. Uh, I think you can expect the Raptors to walk away with a dub pretty confidently here. And then to end the game, probably the weakest last game of the night that we've had so far in the bubble, other than, I don't know, Lakers Jazz wasn't that entertaining, uh, was net is going to be net Celtics, where I think that um, despite the fact that the Celtics are playing... 
uh, in a back-to-back, as are the Nets, uh, you can expect the Celtics to walk away with a win here. And it's one that they need if they want to stay in front of the Heat uh, and stay in that three spot. So that does it. That's all the NBA basketball that you need to know about for today. Thank you so much for listening. Once again, I'd really appreciate it if you would follow the podcast, if you could tell your friends about it, if you've been enjoying it. Thank you so much for listening. I will catch you tomorrow with everything you need to know about the NBA. This has been Don't Burst My Bubble. I will speak to you tomorrow.